The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from Matthew, the 21st chapter, verses 1 through 11, and can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1531. Matthew records, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, Say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. On this first Sunday in Advent, I want to start off on a rabbit trail. How unusual. But though I did not experience this as a child, my parents would tell me about a time when doctors made house calls. House calls are very, very rare now. Um, someone figured out that a doctor can see many more patients by staying in one place and having patients, rather than having, well, having patients come to him. And then the doctor's office can also house a great deal of medical equipment that could be and would be difficult, if not impossible, to haul from house to house. So these days we go to the doctor. He does not normally come to us. And that's the way it is with many people. We go to see them. We, well, they rarely come to see us. 
For example, we go to work. Work very rarely comes to us. We go to the lawyer. The lawyer rarely comes to us. We go to the banker. The banker rarely comes to us. And when the candidate wants our vote, well, he comes to us. But after the election, we go to him. And when a child really misbehaves in school, it's a trip to the principal's office. The principal doesn't normally come to the student's locker. It is the way of the world for the inferior to come to the superior, for the small to come to the great, for the subjects to come to the king. So right here at the beginning of the church year, we find out that the true God is different. He, the most superior being in this or any other universe, comes to us. In the spiritual world of the true God, the great comes to the small. The king comes to his subjects. And today's gospel finds God astride a donkey's colt. The king humbles himself to come to his subjects. He, he is humble. It's a humble situation. But it is also a situation of prophecy. We read that prophecy from Zechariah 9 where it says, Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus the king of everything comes to Jerusalem riding in humility on a borrowed donkey. And as the true unity of God and man came to Jerusalem on a donkey, the Passover pilgrims, they praised him. They said, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now, we do not know all the different reasons that these Passover pilgrims had for praising Jesus as the one who comes to save. Neither the Bible nor historical records tells us of their motives. No doubt that some expected Jesus to come and to start a grassroots movement to remove Roman tyranny from the city. And others perhaps, had recently seen Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. They saw him walk forth from the tomb four days after he had died. Perhaps they expected the Messiah to come and start a medical revolution. Still others were from Galilee, and they expected Jesus to come and, and to be a great prophet and perhaps make Nazareth a respectable town once again. 
Few, if any of these pilgrims, expected Jesus to come and do what he actually did. Few, if any, on that road to Jerusalem expected their Messiah to be the victim of a false arrest, kangaroo courts, and a death based on political expediency instead of justice. Victory by death was the last, the last thing that most, if not all, of these Passover pilgrims expected. Now, during Advent, we especially think about how Jesus comes, how he once came, and and how he comes now, and how he will come on the last day. During the season of Advent, during the season when we prepare for Jesus to come, what do we expect him to come and do? Are we looking for someone to cure the ills of society? Are we looking for someone to make us healthy, wealthy, and wise? Are we looking for someone who will make us into a better us? What are we looking for when the Messiah comes? Now, one only need to look uh, to TV or to bookstores or the Internet for the things that the world wants Christ to come and do. There are books with titles such as Seven Keys to Improving Your Life Every Day or Lead Like Jesus or King Solomon's Secrets to success, wealth, and happiness. And the list goes on and on. There are speakers on TV that tell us that Jesus wants to come and make us rich and happy and healthy in this life. Jesus is very popular in this world when he comes and provides all kinds of personal health and Well, financial benefits. This world cheers the Jesus who can come and solve all sorts of marriage problems and give emotional stability. The world would be more than happy to have a parade for that kind of Jesus. The problem is, well, the problem is is that nobody told the Jesus of the Bible, that that's what he was supposed to do. The Jesus of the Bible, he kept saying things like this. In John 16, 24, in the world you will have tribulation. In John 12, 25, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Well, there's more. Luke 14, 27, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. John 15, 18, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. 
John 15, 18. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Jesus comes for a different reason than the world expects. That's Jesus calling right there. The Passover pilgrims, the Passover pilgrims hailed Jesus as Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. And when they proclaimed Jesus as the Messiah, they proclaimed him as the one anointed to be our prophet, our prophet, our priest, and our king. Little did they know that their Messiah's throne would be a cross. And in the cross, Jesus comes as the son of David, and he reveals the name of the Lord. Not in heaven, but in the confinement of the cross do we find the highest heavens in which we sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. It is in the cross that we find the truest revelation of God and the reason that he came. The world still wants to divert us from the true meaning of the coming of the Messiah. Marketing has come into Christmas. Many merchants hope Jesus comes and transforms their bottom line from the red of loss to the black of profit. Marketing is not interested in the Jesus who came and died on the cross. The world's celebration of Christmas does us absolutely no favors. It separates Lent and the account of Jesus' suffering from the story of his birth. There is no resemblance between the infant Jesus in the manger and the Jesus of the cross. The Jesus of Calvary bears no resemblance to the child of Bethlehem. The world loves to disconnect the baby Jesus in the manger from the Jesus, the God-man who died on the cross. The world would have us believe that God came to the manger just because humanity is basically nice and kind. That's what they would have us do, that we're lovable. Clearly we're not. And let us be clear that our celebration of the Lord's coming has nothing to do with what the world does. The world overcomes its darkness with artificial lights and sings, may all your Christmases be bright. We are those sitting in the darkness of sin and the shadow of death whose only hope whose only hope is in the light that God provides in Jesus Christ. We are waiting in the darkest night of sin for the dawn of our salvation in Jesus Christ. We are the ones who want God to come and rescue us from our sin. We are the ones who pray, stir up your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. We are the ones who sing, Savior of the nations, come. And every year, 
pilgrims journey to Jerusalem. And they try to recreate the events of today's gospel. And of course, many of the details are lost in history and cannot be reconstructed. Jesus does not come as he once did, but now comes in other ways. He comes in his body. He comes in his blood. He comes as the son of David and the son of God, as God and man, as our creator, and yet our brother, as our servant, and also as our king. He comes in the bread and the wine of the sacrament. He comes among us in our space and time. And as he comes to us in bread and wine, we join the Passover pilgrims and sing, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And in that mystical moment, God joins us with the hosts of heaven as we participate in this heavenly meal that comes to us here on earth. Advent's not Christmas. During Advent, we remember the many ways that God comes to us. We remember how he came in the flesh. We remember how he comes in word and sacrament. We remember how he will come in glory. Of all the ways that God comes to us, only the last one remains to be fulfilled. And God prepares us for his last coming by giving us faith that believes that that little baby laying in the manger really is the Son of God. That he is the true master of the universe, taking on human nature. That the pain and the suffering of birth is barely the beginning of the coming that leads to the pain and the suffering of the cross. That his resurrection from the dead opens up the way to salvation for us all. And that when he comes, that one last time, we shall depart this world of sorrows. And we will. We will live with him in joy forevermore. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Amen. In the name of Jesus.